If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It sounds like the cliche answer, but I'm just going to be happy to have the opportunity wherever that is. I know obviously there's some teams that um, it's going to be more of a process to, to get to the point where they want to be, but I'm ready to take on any challenge really and whatever team wants me. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be happy about that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give my all. Um, obviously, that's that's coming here soon. Um, so I'm I, you know I haven't thought about it too much. I'm gonna have more time after the season to kind of get in that gear. But really, I just want to go somewhere and and have a chance to win and and help a team do that because I feel feel like out of everything, that's what I do best is, is win. Um, regardless of stats, whatever the numbers are, might not have the best in those, but I feel like that's what I do the best. Oh, yeah, that's Trevor Lawrence on the Adam Schefter podcast. And we don't think that was from today. They probably recorded that. It might have come out today, but it was recorded because there was a lot of New York Jets talk on there. Yeah, well, they kept asking him about, like, has he been to New York? Has he been up there? And he was talking about, no, he's more used to, like, the Clemson atmosphere and everything, which made me kind of more excited about here. But, um, yeah, he was he was more talking about how he was, like, almost positive that the Jets were going to get him. So I think it was before the weekend. Yeah, and listen, that's, that's what happens with some of those. But... It's um, it might have been yesterday morning, even believe it or not, you know, and everybody just anticipated the Rams would beat the Jets. So I I don't. That's why I don't think you should worry about that part. If you're a Jags fan, there's plenty to worry about in Jags. There's plenty to think about negative. That's not one of them. Uh, Cross that one off your list. I also think what's interesting is like there's no he's going he's coming out like he's not going back to school. He could go back to school, but he even kind of just said he's like there's no mystery there. Right. There's no mystery like, ah, maybe I will see like a, a guy like Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going back like Mac Jones. I don't think they're going back. It, it doesn't make sense. Like if you were advising them, you'd say your stock will never be higher. Sure. So come on out. But, but Justin Herbert did the exact same thing and went back. But those guys I would see going back. Trevor Lawrence is not going back. Justin no, Fields no. is not going back. You know, so those are the guys that you kind of know i think are are coming out for sure and i think the other guys are going to come out too as well but I, there's just he even just said he's like i'll think about it more after the season it's not like he said i'll think about it more after the season if i come out yeah you know all i'm gonna say is this i'm cheering for clemson to win the whole thing because like the last thing i want to see is like a clemson alabama rematch something like that because they play they would play each other in the finals right i don't know how the whole bracket yes. set up now yeah. yeah so if it's clemson alabama in the finals and like Trevor Lawrence loses like a heartbreaker at the end, you know, like on a Hail Mary, and then he feels like, well, you know, I should have went out like that. I'm coming back. Like that's the last thing, you know. And, and listen, if I had a Heisman vote right now, I'm voting Trevor Lawrence, man. <laughs> Take your Heisman, okay? Like, hey, Kyle Trask, hey, Mac Jones, not bad, you know, decent numbers, good stuff. But it's going to my guy, Trevor Lawrence. All right, because like I want to do everything in my power to make sure that Trevor Lawrence has a college, you know, a college, I guess time that is fulfilled right i want all his memories to be good ones and if he needs a heisman trophy and another national championship ring then so be it give it to him well the good thing is he has his national title so got one yeah. he doesn't need to go back and get that yeah he'll 
I, I think it's, uh, again, not something to worry about. Here's what you need to worry about if you're a Jax fan. And I honestly am not big on the worry meter. I might still be overly excited about what's transpired in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. and, and what it could mean for this franchise, this city, this city. Okay. Joe Burrow has changed Cincinnati. He hasn't just changed the Bengals. He's changed Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That's important. Baker Mayfield, the way he's playing right now, is changing the city of Cleveland. That's important to note. I don't know if Tua will have that in the big city of Miami. I don't know if he'll have that impact or not. That that might not be equal. Yeah, um, there's just know, too much in Miami. Lamar I feel Jackson like. has captured the city of Baltimore and what he did with NFL MVP. Patrick Mahomes has changed Kansas City as an organization, but also as a city. You know, so and that's what we're talking about with these kind of players. Mm-hmm. And that's why these next two weeks we will be nervous here in Jacksonville because you obviously have to continue to lose. You have to lose these two games to lock it up. Uh, You can't hope for the Jets to win one more, and you don't want to even be in that position now that you're in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And so this is keeping your fingers crossed that the Jaguars, hey, play hard. If you want play well, like they did so many times this year, even be entertaining but lose the football game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think right now a lot of people would take 16 nothing in the first 15 minutes of the game and sign up for it over the next two weeks. What are the chances they – like how nervous would you be as a fan about these next two weeks, given the fact that now Chicago comes in scoring 30 points in three straight games, and they're 7-7 seven and seven and right in the middle of it. They have to win. They're a game behind Arizona, and they can they could still make the playoffs. And then you have an indie team that that game is going to mean something like this would be way more nerve wracking for me if the indie game didn't mean anything. But they're still tied with Tennessee. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. So are you nervous? Um, Will the Jags win one of these games? Can man. they win one of these games? Yeah. So with the Chicago Bears, like, listen, they're seven and seven right now and they're still in the playoff hunt. So that means something. Right, because the last thing I want to say here is like, well, a team's going to come in here, not take the Jaguars seriously, and then the Jaguars win, right? Because you just saw that happen with the Rams. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. But where I think the Rams got a little complacent, maybe, they're like, oh, we're going to the playoffs, right? We got Aaron Donald, we got Jalen Ramsey, Goff's playing okay, Cam Makers is coming on. Like, we're going to the playoffs, we're on to the next one. The Bears can't think like that, or at least they shouldn't. And if they do think like that, then go ahead and fire that entire coaching staff right now. So I think the Bears team that you have coming in here, I think it's going to be the best version of the Bears team coming in here. I think you have Allen Robinson, who wants to play lights out, right? I think you have Devin Singletary right now, who is slowly, slowly becoming one of the better running backs in the NFL. He's had a great past two weeks here. Um, uh, David Montgomery. I'm sorry, who did I say? Singletary. Singletary, my bad. Yeah, David Montgomery. Sorry, man. Not, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, man, appreciate it. So with that being said, I think the Bears have a lot to play for. I think they come out motivated, and... I think it's going to be a tough task for the Jacksonville Jaguars to keep up with them. I'll I'm going to text Allen Robinson just say, hey, man, listen, here's the deal. All right? They don't you don't want to have one hell of a game out here on Sunday. Yeah. We can't wait to see you back in Jacksonville. We're rooting for you. Yeah. And finally, if you take care of business with Chicago and have a big game on Sunday, yeah. well, then we'll sign you back in free agency, and you can finally catch passes from a quarterback there we go. that's really good. There we go, man. Absolutely. This could be perfect for Allen Robinson. Yeah. Whole, whole new you know, GM, whole new front office, new coaches. So that's all water Slate behind the bridge. Yeah, man. Water under the bridge, I should say, not behind the bridge. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence right now would be the best quarterback he's ever played with in the NFL. Yes. 
Right now. Yes. Like before he's even taken a snap. That is correct. Yes. So, like Chicago, I, you have to think of it this way. Uh, we know this, folks. We know this. And we're going to probably mention this a bunch. The Jags are not going to try to lose. There's going to be no mandate from up above to say, hey, don't play this guy, that guy. Gardner Minshew wants to win. Mm. Doug Marone wants to win. Mm. That locker room wants to win. They are going to continue to play hard. What they have proven to us, though, for 13 straight weeks is they're not very good. And winning is hard. Mm-hmm. Winning is hard anyway, but winning is hard for this football team because they just don't have enough. Even when they play well, it's not enough. And so that, as a Jags fan, should probably make you feel comfortable Chicago makes you nervous, way more nervous than Indy, right? I mean, Indy's just way better. Now, Indy almost just lost to Houston, but Houston throttled the Jags a couple of times. I I, I know we match up well historically with the Colts, but this is a Colts team that, quite frankly, I told you so. I think they'd be playing like this down down the stretch of the season. Phillip Rivers is playing well. Jonathan Taylor's cooking. T.Y. Hilton's cooking. No, I'll be honest. I think the Titans are the better team, so. Yeah, they probably are. Maybe, maybe. But both, but they're playing, Indianapolis playing way better now than yeah. when we saw them in week one, of course. So the last point with the Bears real quick, too. The thing that if you're rooting for the Jaguars to lose that you should be just a little worried about. And once again, like I understand um, the Bears should definitely win this game wholeheartedly. No questions asked. But now you have a Jaguars team who's been embarrassed twice. Yeah, okay? Yeah. And I'll be honest. That Baltimore Ravens game, that was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee Titans game at home, that was embarrassing. Those are gross games, It's really. one thing to lose. It's another just to get embarrassed. And, and like, you, you got the feeling once again, and I'm kind of repeating myself from the Titans game, where Lamar Jackson could do whatever he wanted. Right? Like, if Harbaugh didn't pull his guys out there, they might have put up 50, 60 points, Brent. Let's yeah, they, be honest, man. They right? could have done anything. Thank God Harbaugh's in the giving spirit, man. He's like, you know what? Let's pull the starters out. Let's keep them healthy. They had offensive yeah. linemen running for 22 yards. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was crazy, by the way. Yeah, that, that was crazy. That was insane. Yeah, I, that I, sums hey, up everything. Well, that guy can lower our shoulder, though, man. Like, that guy wasn't playing around. That so, right there, that play alone is why you can't give Jags fans a hard time for wanting to lose the next two weeks. No, for sure. So, right? so with that That's being said, it's been. so with that being said, on paper, are the Bears a better team? You better believe it. Better quarterback? Nah, I think Trubisky and, and Minshew are kind of the same, but whatever. Better offense, though? Yeah, advantage Bears and <laughs> better defense, let's be honest. It's not even close right now. So advantage Bears all day. And, and coaching, maybe a horse apiece, whatever. But it, it's advantage Chicago Bears, hands down. But the only thing that I'm saying is the whole pride thing, right? When when you get beat like that two weeks in a row, that can linger with you. That can give you a little extra motivation, and it can make you play outside yourself in a good way. So that's the only thing right now that I'm worried about from the Bears game. Now, the Colts game, real quick. You have to explain this to me a little bit. I'm not sure if you even know it, Brent. But if the Titans win this next game, this up-and-coming weekend, and the Colts lose, how does that shake out for the division then? Like, is it still up for grabs? You keep talking. I'll figure that out. Okay. I don't care about Tennessee. You know that. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, I haven't checked because NFL I think, playoff scenarios. Because I know the Titans and the Colts, I think they, they split, right? So it's one and one. They did. So we'll come down to AFC South record in the division, which I just have to look up. And that might be tied. Who knows? Uh, that's usually the next tiebreaker. Okay. Go ahead and keep talking. All right, cool. Because obviously, here's my concern about that. The, uh, the Colts this week travel to Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh reeling a little bit, right? Um, well, that's two in a row. They have to get things back on track a little bit. So, like, to me, 
the Steelers should be heavily favored to beat the Colts at Three Rivers Stadium. Hands down. Tennessee would win, by the way. Tennessee would win. win. I, I believe division is your next tiebreaker after okay. head-to-head, and they're 4-1. and one. Now, they still have to play one more. So assuming they win, yep. both teams win out, mm-hmm. and obviously the Colts would beat the Jags, they'd be 4-2. and two. Yep. So actually, well, Tennessee would win the division. So this is interesting, too, because the, the Titans are playing at Green Bay. The Titans are playing at Green Bay. Right? And obviously, that's a big game as well. So... Listen, I know it's super complicated right now, but what I'm trying to say is if you're a Jaguars fan and you want Trevor Lawrence here, you should be rooting for the Colts to beat the Steelers. Which, who knows? You should be rooting for the, for the Tennessee Titans to lose for the, to the Packers at Lambeau Field, which yes. is very feasible. And then I think the following week, it is what it is. Because the, the Titans are playing the Texans, which, yep. that's, that's a bit, and then whatever happens but to the Jaguars. the Colts so. would have to hold off to win the AFC Correct. South and keep the seeding the way Correct. they want it. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot that could happen. And who knows what the seeding, I don't even have that in front of me, what the seeding looks like. But um, nobody's, th- they want to win the AFC South. Correct. And to answer your question then, so what makes me nervous? It makes me nervous if somehow the Tennessee Titans beat the Green Bay Packers and then the Colts somehow lose, lose um, you know, to the, the, to the Steelers. And then which that could last happen. game wouldn't matter. Yeah. Oh, you got me scared. Sorry, man. I mean, hey, I'm just answering the question. Because <laughs> then they would rest everybody. Yes, I'm just answering the question. Because let's be honest. that game, I mean, and listen, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here. All right. We All need, right? I love these positive vibes. Listen. Hey, where's Kyrie you Irving? Just, you where's, just murdered. You just Where's Kyrie Irving with, with that smoke stuff, with that we sage you're smoking? My stomach's yeah. in knots right Sorry, now. Sorry, man. Hey, Kyrie, hit hey, us up. Can, can we, we hire call, a... Can we call the pickle? <laughs> because we need a big time performance from from Aaron Rodgers. I was thinking we just get an airplane to go over the city of Jacksonville with some sage. <laughs> that whole sage thing. You see that by the way, yeah, Kyrie? What are we doing? Hey, he's well, bizarre. That's a that's he's a, a bizarre individual. That's a different okay. topic. Yeah, we'll get into that later. That's yeah. a different topic. He's bizarre. Though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but um. Damn it, you just scared me. Sorry, man, that's what I'm trying to say. Though, cause, uh, and once again, I, I don't want to be the bear of bad news here, but if you're the Colts right now and you know you're not going to win the division, you have nothing to play for, I would probably rest some guys that maybe are on the, you know, have some injuries and things like that. Well, just saying. What's, well, here's I – got, I got something for you now. Hit me with it. Let's go. I got to have to do a lot of tiebreakers, okay? But right now the Colts are in sixth place. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're ten and four and in sixth place, okay? Yeah, it's weird. If they lose and go to ten and five, and Miami wins and goes to ten and five, and Baltimore wins and goes to ten and five, the Colts have to win to get in the postseason. Oh wow! Okay. Yes, so, 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 I so feel better. So there you go. So, so there, go. Well, listen. So go I don't Miami <laughs> and go Baltimore. Now the Dolphins got to play the Bills eventually. That's going to be, a, I mean, we'll see. But Bills listen, have clinched the East, so maybe that helps. Maybe that helps. Yeah, listen, man, I, I don't, hey. We're not ready for these scenarios. Just yeah. lose to Chicago first. We'll deal with the Indianapolis Colts during New <laughs> We're Year's We're going to cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Simple as that. All right, so uh, I don't know how I feel anymore. Chicago, though, it, listen, this here's what you should feel Someone like. Someone get Brent a beer. It's a little bit about being lucky, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, you missed out last night. I, I was I, we we're buying a few beers for people yeah. at Buffalo Wild Wings. You saw me that video. We went over there. We did a, a, a little TV edition of J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 yeah. in the town center. We walked in. Yeah. My neck hurts because, well, man, hey. I got a 
fat co-anchor. Somebody give this guy a, a chiropractor endorsement right now. Let's go. What are we waiting for? So could have bought you a beer, but there were only only a few people in there. Weren't, there weren't a lot of people in there. That was a COVID thing. Like COVID I thought thing. we'd go in and be like, it's Christmas week, you know, people yeah. watching football and place would be packed. Yeah. And it really wasn't. Um, yeah, it was, that's probably a COVID Sunday thing. Night, yeah. yeah, I know it's, it's Sunday, Sunday night. night. It feels like Christmas week. Everybody is yeah, going to work. You should have went, went to the beach football. bars, man. Should have went to the beach bars. I know it's too far from the station, but I anyway, um, we will uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with with all that. Uh, I might need a beer <laughs> after if the Bears don't win. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But, uh, what I was saying is, remember I said you got to get lucky mm-hmm. as an organization. Well, here's the luck part. Chicago looked awful for a stretch in the season. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago was not oh. a scary team. Like that that would have now they seriously are playing good football and they've worked themselves mm-hmm. right into the middle of it. So they need to play well. Nagy probably needs to keep winning to save his job. Mm-hmm. Trubisky, you know Trubisky's record is twenty eight and twenty as a starting quarterback. I mean he might he might people might be like, Hey, wait a minute now. Mm-hmm. Trubisky over the next few weeks, last few weeks has been really good. Yeah. They might have some momentum about him and say, we're going to give this guy another try. I don't know if Chicago fan wants to sign up for that, but Trubisky has motivation to do that. So this is a huge game actually to keep things going for the Chicago bears. No, without a doubt. Um, and listen, like, yeah, I didn't mean to scare anybody like that. Let's just focus one game at a, at a time. I hear you, but I remember, and this must have been like maybe halfway through the season, or maybe a quarter of the way through the season, when we asked ourselves, like, out of all these games the Jaguars have coming up, who do they have the best chance of beating? And I think you and I agreed it's definitely the Chicago Bears, Absolutely right? Because at the time, like, they were Early just struggling. It was Minnesota, maybe they yeah. had a chance, and they did take them to overtime. True, true, but, true. And definitely Chicago was on that list. Absolutely. But now we you thought Foles would be playing. Exactly. But now you have a team who I think has kind of found the groove a little get a, a little bit again with with Trubisky back there, and you have a team who's still buying for the playoffs. So, like we said before, this you're getting the best Chicago Bears team that you can possibly imagine because they have so much to play for from a coaching standpoint, from a starting quarterback standpoint, and from a contract standpoint in Allen Robinson. Here's one thing, okay, that I, I, I think – I get it, okay, Jags fan? I get it. And I, I've – so many people texting me. Like, I'm going to tell you a text I got today, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, but this sums it up. Here's the text. Okay, well, this is actually to somebody else, and he shared it to, with me. He said, "Tell your boy Brent to cool it." About twenty tweets about tweets about the Jags getting the number one pick. He's gonna jinx us. Better walk by and put some voodoo on him or something. <laughs> Only thing on my Twitter feed: Jags getting the number one pick, making me uneasy, boys. <laughs> well, that's the power the way, of sports. That's man. the way Jags fans think. It's the power and of sports. That's because so much has gone wrong. Yeah. I'm not allowing myself to get there. I think, listen, one, the Jags could win a game, and then you don't have this conversation. So I'm going to enjoy the conversation while we have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the little bit of hope while we have a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. I still think, by the way, if they were to win a game, and, and I, I don't think this means they're going to lose for the next 10 years. I, I think, again, I think Field's going to be a decent quarterback. I think Zach Wilson might be a good quarterback. I think there are other guys out there that can still change your franchise. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I'm not as like, oh, my gosh, even though – this is definitely option number one, and option number two is a distant second, yeah. a distant one. So, but I just, it's like, don't worry about it right now. They're in the driver's seat. They have not won games. They're not a good football team. And, yes, they could win a game, but it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. They're a home dog by a touchdown, essentially, against Chicago, and they're going to be a double-digit underdog on the road, most likely, against Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Stranger things have happened. Yeah. They are going to try to win. 
You just have to hope two more weekends they don't. Mm -hmm. But at least we have a chance at that. Like, I think you have to embrace that part because at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, you had no chance at that, Mm -hmm. and you just watched Justin Fields play terrible. Mm -hmm. At least for a week, Mm -hmm. Jacksonville, you've got a chance at at changing the franchise with the guy you really want that everybody really wants. So I'm going to enjoy that by now, uh, for now, and I'm not going to worry about – Oh my gosh, what if they lose? What yeah. if they, or what if they win? What if they win? What if they win? They haven't won since September 13th! Listen, one little point I'm gonna make right now. And I, I'm gonna make your head spin. This is all just in theory, obviously. It's all speculation. This isn't real, Brent. So remember, this is just, it's, it's like a movie, right? This didn't actually happen. It's not a documentary. So get that in your mind right now. Let's say that this up and coming game against the Chicago Bears Doug Marone announces that there's going to be a lot of players not playing, right? A lot of injuries. Maybe, uh, you know, some guy's got a hurt finger or something like that, and he's not playing. And this starts to pile up and pile up and pile up. Do you, even a percentage um, in your mind, think that if he goes that route and he says, man, we got about 20 guys sitting out, it's going to be a bunch of backups. It's going to be the replacements, if you will. Do you think in the back of your mind, if he announces that, that there might be a shot that there might be a little tiny inkling saying that Doug Rowland might be here next year then. Mm. That's interesting. Because we know where Doug Marone's supposed to stand right now. You have to win these games, yeah. right? Like that, That's what Doug Marone thinks. Because what we think is that, well, he's putting a resume out there for the next team that's interested in him, yeah. right? So you have to justify all your moves and your decisions to the next team. If you were to say, well, this guy's not playing, this guy's not playing, hey, Garner, your hand's kind of banged up, Mike Glennon, get back in there, man, let's see what you got again. If all those decisions start happening, who's to say that Doug Marone isn't the coach here then next year? Hmm. Let's discuss that in Doug Marone's role in all of this, in what he said today, and how he will most likely, in my opinion, exit uh, Jacksonville as the head oh, coach. We're, we're on the same page. I'm just saying what if. He yeah. did say today, by the way, there would be no healthy scratches. No, no, they're not sitting guys down. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson wants to play, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. So uh, it's an interesting point. A little more on Doug Marone from today. And, and I really think a coach that we have seen change. Over the course of his time in Jacksonville and especially his time in the NFL from the Buffalo days to now. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about it when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau. So it's not stuck in there. uh, No, it's not stuck in there. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. If I'm playing horse with my kids, I'm so they feel good, you know, I'm going to try to beat them, you know, um, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to rub it up. That is Doug Marone. He's always trying to win. Hasn't had much success this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars winning. Really the last three years now. So I guess uh, in that vein, we should just say, keep trying, Doug. Keep trying, Jags. When the Jaguars have won, like, Oh, shoot. I don't know. What they win that one year? Five, maybe? So six, 11, 12 times in the last three seasons. Should we really be worried about them trying to win the last two weeks? Just hold the rope, baby. Hold. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in forever. Hold the rope. 
Oh, that's like the the most cliche coach speech of all time. Congratulations, Brent. <laughs> yeah, hold the to, rope. We used to have hold Did the rope. Did you have that too? Yeah, we oh, had yeah, hold, hold the, rope. the rope in college. Uh, flush the toilet. We didn't have that one. That's a big baseball one because you yeah. lose, you know, you get out so many times. Yeah, that's a national thing, huh? No, nah, no, that's a big, that's actually an LSU thing. Flush the toilet? Yeah. Hmm. Flush it. Flush it. Skip Burtman, going back to the LSU days, who yeah. at the time was the best program in, in college baseball. They would give like, uh, all the players their own like miniature like keychain toilets. <laughs> And they would have them in the dugout. Yeah. And so when you got out, so because you're ticked off that you struck out or whatever, it's like, all right, that's fine. But in the next couple of minutes, you better flush it and move on to the next play. Ah, I see. You okay, know? yeah. So it's, I mean, not that different than any sport in terms of moving on to the next play. But no, no, in baseball, obviously, six, seven out of ten times you're getting out. So yeah. there's plenty of those experiences. No, it's not bad at all. I guess, though, if I'm trying to shape student athletes and I'm trying to win a championship, I don't want them visualizing toilets all the time. But I get it. Like, I mean, that works for I – mean, obviously it worked for LSU, so there's proof in the pudding. I'm just saying I'd probably go a different direction. The great conjunction is happening today, but mm-hmm. I would argue it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. I got, Jets win, Jags yeah. lose. Sorry, I was thinking conjunction, junction, what's that function? Do you what know what the Great Conjunction is? The Great Conjunction? Yeah. We're not talking about conjunction function? Nope. No, then I don't know. Conjunction, junction. I mean! Conjunction, I mean! Well, how good is this guy? Hey, and then by the way, I'll be honest, last week, Brent, when you were gone Friday, not his best showing, right? When, oh, he, really? when he's playing Adam Thielen um, interviews and trying to tell, who's this guy? It sounds like Joe Schobert, but it's not. So in the gritty, you've totally him. redeemed yourself. I him. You've totally redeemed yourself. So the great conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. What? Is happening today. We miss it? Jupiter and Saturn come together, culminating on the night of December 21st. And so the story goes, it at last occurred in the year 2000, and it won't happen oh. for another 20 years. Okay. So, uh, hey, doesn't that kind of no. ring true for oh, I mean, this, Jets no, this and is, the Jags and yeah. Trevor Lawrence? No, like, this is Trevor great. Trevor Lawrence is Earth. Mm-hmm. The Jags <laughs> and the Jets are Jupiter and Saturn. Yeah, no. no Somebody that, give me a meme on that. <laughs> I just helped you out. It's not bad. But I'll be honest, like in terms of the whole, and I love the, the parallels because 20 years sounds about right. But like the whole Saturn and Jupiter. Yeah. I, I don't care, man, because like it's like oh, it's like well, every once you know, ten years, Venus and and Mars line up. Check it out. Like I feel like there's one of these every single month or so. I so I don't care. It does feel like there's something like astronomical mm-hmm. every single oh, wow. uh, month. See what you did there? Yeah. Hey, hey Stuart Weber, <laughs> coming out of the bullpen, huh? Yeah. <laughs> See, you. listen, might not have been a 1400 SAT guy, but I went to space camp. <laughs> Boom! You were, did you really? Oh, you uh, did yeah. go to space camp. Yeah. You told us that. You did uh, make me. You were talking about memes. Though. You did. Jacksonville literally did that meme where it's like the guy. Walking with the girlfriend and another girl walking oh, yeah. by, and he's turning. Classic. It's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. That's weird. One. That is what happened this it's a week. Classic one. That uh, it's it's got to happen. But apparently, this is a thing. At seven forty-five, um, people are going to gather and watch it. Telescopes and everything happens every uh, twenty years. Nineteen point eight five years. Did you have a telescope in that backyard of yours? No. All right. Well, then I have to go someplace else. I'll be on TV on Jags Report Live on Fox 30, probably singing a, a Trevor Lawrence Christmas carol. But by the way, I appreciate the uncut version that you were performing for me <laughs> on the studio. Hey, hey, I was practicing. Listen, I'm known to hype up uh, watching the news, but if you're going to watch one news segment this year, and I get it, it's been a rough year for news segments, 
Brent Martineau singing this song might be the one. Yeah, we're going live performance tonight yeah. at 7 o'clock on Fox 30 on Jags Report Live. Uh, bringing a little Christmas carol to you. Uh, Doug Marone. I, I said it, and uh, I'll say it real quick again because we already kind of talked about it. I think he handled today very well. Yeah. People are, he understands what's going on. People in the city are talking about this. Uh, people in the building are probably even whispering about it, quite frankly. Uh, people in his locker room I don't think are. I said earlier in the show that if you ask the guys what the score was yesterday, they might not even be able to tell you. They know they lost, yeah. and, and that's not a knock on them. My point in that is – that's how dialed in they are. That's how much they are trained to have blinders on. They are not paying attention to the Trevor Lawrence stuff. They don't, they've been asked about the tank stuff, but they don't buy into that. They're trained to win. They're competitors to a level that we can't even appreciate. I say we, meaning us and the media and fans probably. You can, you did it. But, so it's not part of their DNA. Um, so they are trying to win. They'll go try to win these next two games. And and I know some fans don't like that, but that's the way it is. They are going to try to win. The Jets just proved that. The Jets proved it yesterday. Yeah. I really feel like Doug Marone has always he, he, I think he's doing a nice job with this football team. Mm-hmm. Now listen, I think Doug is to blame for some of this. They believed in stripping it down. They believed in Gardner Minshew being the guy. They and and now if we look back, you know, some 12, 11, 12 months later when they got back into it, it didn't work out. Uh, you could say they mismanaged the quarterback spot. Did they bring enough competition in? Um, what was going on for those four or five or six weeks with the Gardner stuff in the doghouse? All of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is open to and and should get plenty of criticism because they thought they could win with this kind of roster. And it was him and Dave Caldwell, and and this was a shared vision that at least that's the way it was presented to us. So he kind of made his own bed in that sense. But I I am just struck by the way he is potentially going to leave Jacksonville mm-hmm. versus the way he left Buffalo. Different circumstance. He had an out clause, and he, I think the story is, thought he was going to get the Jets job and was like, I'm taking my out clause. He could still get paid. Uh, I actually forget all the details of it, but it did not sit well in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If you go back and read the stories from Buffalo, scathing. Hmm. Not only because of the way that went down, but what we were told at the time when we did some research on Doug Marone is that it was like a 50-50 locker room. It was like 50% really loved Doug, 50% like, no way, you know? So for what it's worth, I don't know if a lot of locker rooms are like that, but that's kind of what we were told. That was pretty rare, I'll be honest. And who knows if that's even true, but that's kind of when we were doing research on it, that's what we were told. And there was, I mean, you you should go back and read some of these articles from Buffalo, like I did. And mm-hmm. when Doug got here, I was like, my gosh, like, what a, whoa, you know, wow, yeah. <laughs> really. Like, it was from from media people, stuff fans were saying is one thing, but from media people, too, there were some scathing articles about Doug Maroon. I think that impacted Doug. I, I think that impacted the fam, his family. And I think we have seen Doug grow a lot in that respect. Uh, maybe a little bit more concern about the image of his name, his his, his family, his everything. Mm-hmm. And... I think he probably even I've always said this. I think he kind of watched the exit of Gus Bradley. And there was a lot of respect, at least from the media going out for Gus and how that was handled instead of just kicking him out the door. Yeah. Um, And I think he appreciated that because that was so different than his experience in Buffalo. Uh, Again, that's my take. He hasn't told me that. Mm -hmm. But so I think he's leaving Jacksonville. And my assumption is going to be coaching his final two games Mm -hmm. in just a totally different way. And I give him a lot of credit for that. 
that that he's adjusted. And and by the way, just think of it from this standpoint. Forget about how we view Doug or fans view Doug. And I think there are a lot of fans still right now that would say, "Hey, Doug's a good coach." Mm. Uh, like they think he's a pretty good coach. Couldn't do much with this roster, mm-hmm. and maybe never had the quarterback. Like I don't think people are leaving saying he's the worst coach that ever existed. They were saying that about Gus Bradley when when Gus left. You know, correct. So. It's an interesting relationship there between how we view him, and I think you have to give him a lot of credit. And I'll even say it from this standpoint. He came in as kind of viewed in a lot of ways as the, the puppet to Tom Coughlin. You know, Tom Coughlin handpicked Doug, and he gets another opportunity, but really Tom's running the show. Well, look how much he changed in the last couple of years to maybe even say, hey, we can't have that kind of culture in this day and age NFL. He saw that. Doug saw that. And so – and by the way, I'll also say this. I have never thought Doug will get enough credit for 2017 like because I think he was pushing the buttons. I think the view and the perception was that it was all Tom Coughlin, but I do think he was pushing a lot of the buttons there. And and it was his football team. And I've been told by a lot of people in that building he never got enough credit for it because everybody gave the credit to Coughlin. Well, then he pulled away from Coughlin. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's an it's a fascinating look at Doug Marone if you go back from Buffalo or even 2017 here in Jacksonville to how he probably is going to exit in a couple of weeks in 2020. Well, and it also shows you too, like you know what his players say about him. I mean, Miles Jack Absolutely, was very yeah. adamant about saying that he wants to see Doug Marone return here. He thinks that Doug Marone should keep his job. So it goes to show you, at least from Miles Jack's perspective, who is a captain, um, how much respect that he has for Doug Marone. It's the classic example of a coach willing to adapt, Brent, and I say this all the time. If you want to make it in the league, and what, I mean, hey, what, who am I to say how to make it in the league, right, in terms of coaching? I've never been a coach before. But in my opinion, I think that if you want to be a successful head coach, position coach, coordinator, you name it, if you want to make it in the league and make a name for yourself, you have to adapt. And, and that's just the way that it is. Because I've seen coaches from high school, from college, and in the pros, and they all have egos, right? And some of them have stronger egos than others. Some of them are, are so set in their ways, and I've seen this more in the pros than anything. Some are so set in their ways that it doesn't matter what you tell them. It doesn't matter what kind of analytics you show them. And it doesn't matter what the game film looks like or what a player is trying to tell that coach. He's going to run things his way because that's what he believes in. And I think that's the wrong way to go about things. Now, I'm talking from a schematic angle, but I'm also talking from a, how the way that you cultivate a football team. Because every football team is different, right? Sometimes you're going to have some rough around the edges guys, a lot more than you want. Sometimes it's going to be a bunch of young guys who don't know any better. Like, every team is constructed differently. But if you have the perception and you have the mindset of, all right, I have to adapt to this team because they're not like last year's team, you have a chance for success. Not to say you're going to have success because it still stems on the quarterback. It stems on the players. It stems on who the GM puts for personnel. There's a lot of things that have to fall into place for you to be a successful coach. But it starts with your ability to adapt and your ability to get, you know, obviously the talent out of your players. One thing you have to do is have a quarterback, and he hasn't had quarterbacks. I also think he's kind of mismanaged the quarterback situations here in Jacksonville. I think you can make the case in hindsight Mm -hmm. that he has done that. Uh, Again, I I never understand the Jake Luton playing before Mike Lennon playing and not going back to Minshew early. I I just don't get it from a winning game standpoint if that's what you're preaching. Um, But so, And and I'm not going to talk about that anymore because I've talked about it until it's blue in the face (laughs) over the last few months. Um, and, and I think that's debatable. 
But do you think, remember last year when, uh, again, I always say New Year's Eve, back of the pickup truck, we we're doing the show where Caldwell Marone came back. And a lot of people said it doesn't matter what they do. They're going to be back even again yeah. as they reset this roster, you know? And I never believed it. Like, I don't think Doug's back. Caldwell's already been fired. And I'm with you on that. Do you? There's no chance in your mind. I know you brought up a scenario like, hey, what if he breaths people? Does so, he know something? And because he wants so, Trevor Lawrence. Do you think, like, it's a fair question to ask. Do you think there's any chance he comes back? Again, I'm being honest with you. I don't think there's one chance he comes back. Like, he's gone. He's done. It's it's over. And to be quite frank, I would probably hammer the owner if he does come back. So here's the thing. I think right now there's a 0% chance he comes back. But depending how this week pans out, and if all of a sudden guys that seem to be healthy the past couple games are now on the IR not playing a football game, if all of a sudden we see some roster moves that kind of make you go, oh, I see what you're doing here. If I start to see those things, I go from 0% and I go to at least 10%. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. Have you ever been so invested in just like a week of roster moves and, <laughs> and, and you know, guys going on IR than this week? Maybe not. There's a lot on the line yeah. here in Jacksonville. And by the way, part of the reason I don't think Doug Marone should be back is I think there needs to be a full flush of course. In, in Jacksonville. I think mm-hmm. this is a great time to reset. And hats off to Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone for resetting this roster. I wasn't wrong. The house looks better a year later than it did last year. Whether yeah. that was intentional or not, it looks about as good as it's ever looked in Jacksonville. Ever. It looks unbelievable for the next coaches, GMs, players coming in here in 2021. We're going to break from the NFL talk for just a bit. How about the Final Four and the controversy around college football? Is there any? Did they get it right? Mm -hmm. We talk about it next on ESPN 690. Oh, I, I mean, listen, you got great people on who do a great job. Hey, you can complain about every selection that's made. It's like, all right, who call, who complains about every call I make? Well, we should have ran the ball. We should have thrown the ball. We should have done this. We should have done that. We should. I mean, that that's life. I mean, I have no. They, those people do a great job. They spend all year doing it. They gather the information. They do one heck of a job, and they came to conclusion and did it. I wouldn't change anything. Wow, that's interesting from Jimbo Fisher. Huh. I mean, I, I would think you would argue something different than that. I mean, yeah. they were eight and one. That's interesting. I mean. I guess kudos to Jimbo Fisher for saying it like well, that. It's class. Yeah. You know, that's that's classy. It's well, considering that all college football does is whine and politic. Yeah. Like, I give him credit for that. Well, speaking of class, hey Dabo, you know, Ohio State, probably not the eleventh best team in the country. Just saying. Just saying. But go ahead and vote for them at at eleven. That's fine. There is did they get it right? Did they get it right? Yes. I believe they did. And what is the biggest argument right now, Brent? It's Texas A&M. Well, it's Texas A&M. Uh, it's, it's really only Texas A&M against either Notre Dame or Ohio State. Yeah. And listen, to me, it's more against Notre Dame than is Ohio State. Because like I've said before, Ohio State started off like I think, number two in the country in the preseason polls. And I don't think they've – and listen, these wins that they've had, they're not the best wins sometimes, right? Like that Northwestern game, that was an ugly game. All right? Um Thankfully, they had a running back who just went absolutely beast mode over 300 yards. Because if they didn't have that guy, and if Northwestern could stop the run, it would be a very interesting conversation, I feel like, we're having today. Absolutely. Because Fields was not going to lead him to that victory. Hate to tell you, but he wasn't. So with that being said, to me, the debate comes down to Notre Dame, though, because they have that one loss to Clemson. And let's be honest, that loss, not a good loss either. They kind of got curb stomped as well. 
But I guess when you try to break this, and listen, it's not an exact science. I'm just telling you what I think. I think Notre Dame played three hard teams this season, three ranked teams this season. They played Clemson, Clemson twice, and they played UNC, okay? All those teams, obviously Clemson twice, number two in the country, and then uh, UNC, which is like number 15 or 16, whatever it is, they're all ranked. Texas A&M, who did they play? They played Florida, and they played Alabama. That's two ranked teams. Everybody else wasn't ranked. So in terms of competition, I get it. It's the SEC. It's the good old boy network. It's the best conference in college football. I'm here to tell you, I'm not sure if I'm a believer of that this year. And it is what it is. So they probably, again, I don't have a problem with Ohio State getting in off the six games. I have a little bit more of a, I, I think you can contend the eye test with them. They have not played really great football. I mean, against any quality teams. But it's not to sit here and say that Texas A&M has this rigorous schedule that they were like, whoa, look what they did. I mean, they beat Florida. That's a very good win. Yes. Uh, they lost Alabama by 28. And the SEC, while everybody wants to pound their chest about the SEC, SEC, all SEC schedule, I mean, listen, they had teams that are 4-6 and six and 3-7 and seven and LSU stunk and mm-hmm. Kentucky stinks and Vanderbilt stinks and South Carolina's 2-8 and eight and stinks. I mean, you can tell me SEC all you want in that SEC schedule, but that's like, that's stupid. They all stink. Yeah. So I, I, it's hard for me to make this great case for Texas A&M, enough to – really spoil the party for Notre Dame or Ohio State. Although, I'll say the Ohio State eye test has not been good. But I just told you, like we are in commercial, I do think traditionally they have the horses that can keep up with Alabama and Clemson. It's a two, It's amazing to me that college football hasn't been able to catch up with two programs. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Clemson caught up with Alabama. Nobody else has. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia looked like they were really close. And, and again, they have a lot of good players. And they're, LSU, I know they had the year last year. But again, on a consistent basis, nobody can catch up with Clemson and Alabama. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Like, they are so far ahead of everybody else in what they've built and what they recruit and what they, it's just a well-oiled machine. uh, And nobody's there yet. I mean, maybe Florida will be there on the horizon, but they're going to have to go through Georgia and Georgia's right there too. Mm -hmm. You know, the Texases haven't been able to do it. Oklahoma hasn't been able to sustain it. Oklahoma's been able to beat up on the Big 12. And they're competitive and usually pretty good, but they're not there. Yeah. So, and Ohio well, State has been the one program that probably is closest to it. They are. Yeah. Um, listen, in terms of why Alabama and Clemson are such on a different level, it seems like, like to me, if you're a kid and you're that talented to go to Clemson, Alabama, you go because two things could happen. Number one, most importantly, you win a championship, right? Like, that's why you play the game of football. You win a championship. And then maybe even more importantly, or just as important, you go to the NFL. Yeah. Right? Like, th- those are the two goals. With all due respect to the schooling and then the majors and all that stuff. Win a championship, go to the pros. And those two schools, you have the best chance of doing it maybe than anybody else with all due respect to Ohio State. Definitely Miami says, would A&M beat Notre Dame at a neutral site? He says most likely. I don't agree with most likely. I think Notre Dame's a good team. Yeah. I think they played awful the other night. Clemson's really good. But I think Notre Dame's pretty good. Yeah. He said, would A&M beat Ohio State? He says, not so sure. I said, I would give them the same chance to beat both of those schools, though. I mean, no, Ohio I State you. hasn't proven anything. Well, I, I think Notre Dame listen, would beat Ohio State. I don't, I don't want to go off how wins look, but didn't, like, Texas A&M go to the limit with Vanderbilt the first game of the season? Yeah, that's it's all an eye test. Uh, yeah. More college football talk when we get back. What about the group of five? I'd beg out of there. They got no chance. Next on ESPN 690.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 